0: What's up and welcome to another episode of Half Hour with Astra Theatre Company. I am joined today by, oh, readers, dear readers, it is a good one. It is, I would say, and I actually just recently said this to her via Instagram message, the best way to communicate. I am with Kansas City and maybe the world's funniest person (laughs) today. Um, She's incredible. She's an amazing actress and activist and just a lovely soul. The one, oh. the only Elise Paley. Hey everyone.
1: That is the kindest and hardest thing to live up to that has ever been said about me in my whole life. That's it's, hilarious.
0: It's just true, Elise. You have oh to just accept gosh. it. I like to give people a lot of praise up front. Yeah. So it makes them almost uncomfortable. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm blushing.
0: What's up, Elise? How you doing?
1: Pretty good. Um the this is a great, lovely morning. Usually mm. I'm getting ready to go to preschool, so I'm so glad. This is like the best way to kick off my day. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Preschool, so what, yes. what, what do you mean? Whatever do you mean?
1: So I work at Pembroke Hill Day School, which is lovely and amazing. And I work in the early childhood building and I do extended day, so I, my hours are 10 to six. um, And I go in and help around the school and then after three o'clock I have a class of kids. And it's just super different because of COVID. Because Mm -hmm. usually I'm with my co-teacher, or I'm assisting my co-teacher, and we're all in the same room, and we have kindergarten, pre-K, and preschool together. But this year we have to go into their rooms because we have to keep everyone separate. So I have a room to myself. So I have preschool, and I love them all, and it's super great. COVID just definitely makes it a little tougher.
0: How how long have you been uh, over there teaching and working with the children?
1: I've been, so I started in the summer of 2019.
0: <laughs> also started, this was a pre-plague job.
1: Yes. And it was part-time at that point. And then they were super kind to take me on full-time. Um, once this school year started, they were very, very generous to do that. Um so pre plague that's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes. uh, that's sort of a marker. Um, a good friend of mine who we've already chatted with on this, David Gomez, calls it the great before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, that's the funniest person in America. David is the funniest person i He's
0: certainly met. a contender, but your Instagram stories make me laugh, laugh, laugh. <laughs> I just (laughs) love, if you all have not had the privilege, you have to go check it out, but I just love when you, the post, what was the last, the what do you mean?
1: Oh yes, those are so (laughs) funny. That, I mean, who made that filter? That's amazing. I don't know, but I
0: just love the abandon of which you like fully make the face and then the two seconds afterwards that you're just cackling laughing at yourself. It's just like, it's so (laughs) lovely, but it's also just such a good reminder to like stop taking life so seriously. Yes.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate that. Thank
0: and you. I don't, as a, as a person and artist, that's something I have always appreciated about you is that oh, you, you really play with such abandon, but you can also like really be grounded and have like a real shit convo if need be.
1: Thank you so much. Ah, that is so kind. That is really kind because the way I look at it is I'm just being the stupidest <laughs> person on the planet. So thank you. Thank oh you so
0: God. much. Um, Okay, so Elise, uh, uh, the first segment we like to kick off with is a little thing called You Were Born and Then What Happened. So Uh um, where did you go to school? Where are you from? Where did you grow up? And and when did you sort of start performing and and get the bug, as we say? Awesome.
1: Yes. Okay, so I was born in Omaha, Nebraska. And then when I was three, my family moved to Melbourne, Australia Hmm. for my dad's job. And there, there was a program I was in, and I don't know if I, I think I asked it, I I don't remember too much, but it was a a drama program. And I remember the um, notebook I had, we would, I was only four and we would make our own plays. So whoever was leading it with us would kind of guide us through um, writing our own plays. And I think there were kids that were a few years older than me there too, but I was painfully shy. I was so shy I remember, you?
0: <laughs>
1: <yes>. <laughs> my teacher would tell me to speak louder to speak in general um i do remember that i i but i loved it i i loved it i remember a few different productions we i was a mermaid i was a dolphin i was a dog um i just <laughs> i loved it
0: in and i, I remember being
1: so shy though um and i was in dance then too and then we came back to overland park and i went to um blue valley northwest and what what age did
0: you come back uh stateside
1: i was seven
0: okay so you spent about two years in australia yes
1: and then when we got back i went to a new school and then i changed schools again um because we moved from an apartment to a house and there i started doing sports um, and then when I was in fifth grade, I, I started voice lessons. No, 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 first grade voice lessons. And cause I love to sing. I remember the day I found out that a chest voice was a thing. I went to the backyard and I started singing my country tis of thee or I just stood on the deck and just looked at the trees. And I was like, my country tis something. So excited
0: wow you were, were you just like i can be loud now yes mm.
1: i discovered my voice um
0: that's so fun
1: that it was in first grade and then i used to do
0: talk- the same thing on our family trampoline I, <laughs> there's like videos of me through the windows which is sort of rude and i did not consent to <laughs> nor did they pay for a ticket to the show but i'm uh, just like screaming at the top of my lungs uh, um Amazing. I don't know probably like Moulin Rouge or some something else from when I, I'm trying to think of something that was like happened when we were in right, middle exactly. school or something,
1: you know? I can yeah, imagine I did that say
0: middle school it was a little too late to be doing that but <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> never never I used to I used to sit in my room and just look in the mirror and talk to myself pretending I was in like an academy award-winning movie you know
0: wow I, I used to that. wander
1: around my room the um the pirates of the caribbean soundtrack would play and i would just like run around pretending i was in it and i
0: was not just- pirates of the caribbean that's fantastic i yes. also was obsessed with those movies and i think largely it was because of the score it's so good
1: oh yeah it's, it was amazing
0: yes. i remember um one time i'm gonna say this is like seventh grade band we got to play the Pirates of the Caribbean, lovely baby. And I was such a little like diva about it because I was like telling the other kids, I was like, we're really lucky to be able to play this. <laughs> so I need you to focus and get your shit together, Karen. You have to
1: sound good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, okay, so when did you start uh, performing in, in the, the theater world?
1: So that I think was in middle school I was doing CYT camps every summer cool but I was mainly just like super invested in soccer and I played basketball and then in middle school I auditioned for (laughs) truly uh I auditioned for the play and then no the musical or the play came first I don't remember but one of them and I remember I was in seventh grade and I had my first taste of drama that I, cause I did not know that existed. This was my first, I just wanted to perform. And there was somebody who was super upset that I got the part they wanted. I didn't even know this person. And she was so mean to me during the play. Wow. She would like block my way if I was trying to get off stage. And I did not understand why until somebody else was like, yeah, she really wanted that part. And I was like, that's a thing people, do that wow wild and I was like that's so strange um and then all through high school I did it and I gave up soccer eventually and I was taking voice lessons and doing vocal competitions and all that stuff Hmm. then I was like well I have to go to school for this so I went to Kansas State University and when did you um, have an
0: aha moment that this was like I've been asking folks this um like was there a moment when you were like oh shit like this is something that I can like study and do as opposed to like have as a hobby.
1: Mm -hmm. I, it was kind of always knowledge that I was going to keep doing it, but there was like a, a, so I I wanted to go to Oklahoma city university and I got Mm. in, but my parents who I love so dearly and I was not, I was not angry. I, we were all crying. They were like, we're so sorry. Like we can't afford to to send you there. And I was like, totally understand, sad, but totally get it. Um and I think after that I was in the shower and I was like, am I gonna be a lawyer? Or am I gonna go and sing? <laughs> and I was really like <laughs> crying about it. And then I was like, no, get back on the horse. You're going to go perform, get out of the shower and get your life back together. And um, yeah that's when I was like, there's nothing else for me to do. That's yeah, I have to do that.
0: I would make a terrible lawyer, so I have to get out of the shower. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pretty much, my parents always said I would make a great lawyer because I like to argue. But I don't agree with that. I I have a good sense of justice. That's the only thing that would help. I don't mm. uh, the rest. I would just start screaming in, in court if I ever there was there's nothing there was You nothing. just start
0: singing "My Country Tis of Thee," which would be amazing.
1: My country. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I rest my case. Um, <laughs> um. So, how was your time at K State and? And then like shortly afterwards, like what did that look like for you?
1: So the professors there were fabulous, especially I I did a vocal performance degree. I have a bachelor's of music Um, and the music program there is incredible, especially Mm -hmm. the vocal program. Um, So I'm I'm so thankful for everything I learned there. Um, And then the theater program is awesome. And by the time I left, it was really changing. Jerry J had just joined, I think the year before I left, which is like Jerry J. Um, and then, oh yeah. And Jerry J is the reason I started working in Kansas city because there was one day on campus, we were passing each other and he was like, Hey, by the way, this summer I'm directing a show at the Coterie. Could you just send in some stuff? Um, we had somebody that dropped out. So would you like to submit? And I said, yes. So I did. And that's how I got frog and toad for like, right after I graduated.
0: Oh, fun.
1: And it was so fun. And I, I loved it. That was just so fun. And then I kind of started you know, you meet people and they're like, well, we're doing this and we're doing that. So I just kind of started working that way and meeting more people that way. So, and that was 2015. So it's kind of brought me to this point.
0: That's so cool.
1: Yeah, I feel very lucky.
0: I feel like we should chat a little bit about like that shower moment you had about... (laughs) getting into Oklahoma city and then not being able to go. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you're, when you're so young and deciding the rest of your life, like mm-hmm. it just feels like so heavy. Um, yes. And I feel like there's such a huge importance, especially if you're like auditioning for all of these schools about where you go. Yes. And I guess I, I wonder if you feel like you would be the same person or artist had you ended up go- going there mm-hmm. or to like you know one of like the big big schools that has like you know these crazy reputations on paper
1: mm-hmm. that's a great question and I, I used to think about that a lot while i was at k-state and i think before i went to k-state i was like you know what life is just gonna take me wherever i have to go and this is where i have to be right now mm. um especially looking back um i think that the experiences that i had at k-state sorry if you can hear my dog chewing her bone the experiences i had at k-state um really um changed me as a person um and i used to say a lot while i was there like i'd rather be a fully rounded human just myself me not talking about anyone else that goes anywhere else and i was like i would rather have a very human experience here ups and downs highs and lows that don't have anything to do with theater than go to a conservatory and kind of be expected to be a certain type of thing and that's not hating on conservatories or anything. That I just knew that I would not thrive in a conservatory experience um, necessarily. I there, there were some less than happy things that happened to me over my four years. Like I would, I would not go back. For all of the amazing things I learned in class and
0: mm-hmm. with the
1: performances, I loved doing the shows. In my personal life, it was just terrible and I would never want to experience it again. But what it has given me is some experience with how life works for everyone Mm. um and what's important in life and what's not important in life and I think that's really important to have as a person that wants to tell stories because you're supposed to be relating to people it's not just about like look at me say these words it's about like how can I how can I um connect with you sitting in the audience not knowing who you are and what you've been through maybe if I can maybe share some of what I've been through through what I'm doing you can you can understand it so I think that is the most important part just to me of performing is is the audience and what they're feeling and what they leave with and what they have left in the theater when they've when they leave too so
0: yeah uh, I think it's I think that's a really good point to talk about like experience almost as a human over training I think I would agree with you that I think a more compelling performer is just someone who is like more honest and probably someone who has experienced more things to make them have a wider worldview to sort of pull from as an actor you know
1: exactly And um, if you point- have a
0: if you have a good director and team like they will be able to shape that you know you don't necessarily no hate on like traditional classical no. whatever i i certainly had some of that in my training as well but i think we were really taught more of like go out and live your life be- and figure out who you are yes. because in this industry if you don't know that you're going to be a bad artist and you're probably not going to be here long because it's kind of cuckoo bananas, so. Yes, yes, yes.
1: You have to have something like, you yourself have to have something that's cathartic and, and that you love doing instead of, cause it's not about who's watching you and what is said about you and whatever. It's a it's about what are you releasing and what is somebody else understanding and releasing while they're watching you? How, what are you sharing? It's a collaborative environment between you and the audience and whoever, like it's, it's, it's storytelling that's existed for hundreds, thousands of years that we are continuing to do. And it's the way that we all find joy, release sadness, understand, oh, that thing that happened to me the other day, that's why it makes me sad. That person said this or whatever. I don't know. So, and also having that life experience kind of takes away the layer of like, I need to be perfectly a performer. I need to, Mm. I need people to respect me. You can, you can be like, I've, I've been through it. I don't really care. If people think that I'm stupid, I don't really care. If people think I am bad. Yeah. I'm just gonna... <laughs> I'm people just gonna are flawed.
0: G- All yeah. characters are flawed. And if they're not, it's boring, usually, you know?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, kind of, it. it's hard. That's still, like, it still exists, the thing of, like, um, uh, like, I need to be, like, really good. I need to be kind of perfect. But the farther you go in life and the more that you experience in your life, the more you realize like it's just so much more fun and more easy to just like be there and do it instead of worrying about what it looks like and what you're doing.
0: Yeah, because I think when we try to like really anticipate how people are going to think of us and for me as an actor that comes as much from the audience reaction as it does from like my fellow artists in the room because I like am in love with every artist ever, and I care so deeply about what they think about my work. Just because mm-hmm. I don't know, it just I just hold people to like a really high standard, and and yes. I don't know. And so for me, sometimes I can I can face that challenge of like, okay, I have to let go of like, you know, this person is in the room and this person's in the room, and I want to impress them because I like you know really care about their opinion and yes. I look up to them as an artist. But at the end of the day, like. People are always going to have their own interpretation of what you do anyway, so you kind of right. just got to figure out a way to make it as authentic as possible to you. Exactly.
1: Yourself. I have that's that's such a good point. The that's what I still struggle with is the other artists, especially someone that like I admire so much or I think is so good. I'm like, "Oh my god." I <laughs> yeah. and then it kind of gets in the way. Yeah, totally.
0: Um, So what, so after, I guess, let's start here. What does, what does your um, life sort of looked like pre and during plague? How has it changed creatively, I suppose?
1: So pre plague, I was rehearsing for Noises Off at the Rep. And Mm -hmm. I was so excited. It was so fun. We were having such a good time. And then like-
0: The cast of a lifetime. (laughs) It was like Kansas City's greatest icons, like greatest hits. Oh,
1: that's so kind of you. And it was going to be so fun. And we were like, we we had our promotional pictures taken and the oh. set was looking incredible. And we were like almost done. It was almost done blocking. So like we were working.
0: You were knee and deep I, in, in the trenches of the place.
1: Yes. And it was, I was, it was so great. And then like COVID came around and I remember saying, um, you know, it's going to be a like a, like a pneumonia. I, I at first admittedly thought it was like overhyped. And I was like, guys, 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 we're going to be okay.
0: <laughs> it's going to be like SARS. It's going to disappear. Yeah, gonna just like,
1: I was like, we, we've done the pig flu. We've done the bird flu. We've done it. Like it's come and gone. It's all been like, cause prior to now, you know, like Ebola, whatever Zika. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's not going to be that big of a deal but then like within a week the numbers just started going Mm -hmm. and I was like shit I was an idiot and um we all had this kind of somberness about us while we were in rehearsal Mm. and they handled it so well um Stuart would come in and kind of update us on how it was going and like what we were going to be talking about and where we were he really was very transparent which was awesome and Then one day, he, my dog, she, he came in and was like, so this is on indefinite pause. Sage.
0: Is that a yawn or a burp?
1: That was a yawn.
0: how oh, oh, puppy. She just
1: likes to make noise at me. Uh, she talks. She wants to be and included. He, huh?
0: She wants to be included.
1: Yes, always. Um, And so then it was, we walked in, I had my yoga mat, I was ready for rehearsal, and he was like, so we kind of have to put this on pause. Like we, we'll have a decision a little later. Would you guys want to rehearse today or is that too much? And then we all kind of agreed, like we didn't really feel like rehearsing. It, it wouldn't feel like a genuine rehearsal. We were all kind of like feeling upset and, and sad and also scared for the world. And so yeah. we went home. We were, I was crying. I was crying. Mm-hmm. And then we went home, and I kind of knew it was canceled after that. And then we finally got the the final email. Again, it was all handled so well, and I would so rather, especially looking back, so much rather they have done it that way and canceled it instead of like trying to really have us keep going and yeah, um, you know, try and put on a show. I, we were all kept healthy. So um, then after that, I was already um, not working at Pembroke because of rehearsal, but then they closed school as well. So I was just kind of like all of a sudden at home and going insane, going <laughs> crazy. Like Are you I, bad
0: at setting still?
1: Yes, mm, yes. Me too. And I, I always have to feel like I'm doing something. And so like I kind of crashed for a while and then, then for a while I was like toxically productive at my house thinking I had to do a certain amount of things every day. And then finally I found this amazing balance. But then I had to go right back to work um, when school started again. So it's just kind of been nuts. Um, but creatively, I haven't, up, up until I did um, Death of a Driver at the Unicorn, which I'm so grateful to have done, yes. I hadn't done anything for so long. And I when I did Death of a Driver, I was working like pulling 16, 17 hour days because of work and rehearsal, but I was so happy. <sighs> Yeah. I was so energized at work and so much more happy. And I didn't even, I was like, this tells me everything I need to know about what my purpose is in life mm. because I was doing rehearsal. And while I was tired, I was like, this is, I'm so excited. I'm so lucky and blessed and excited. So, um, and yeah, then uh, recently I've, I'm going to be, in, I sing a song for the 12 plays of Christmas and um just like small things here and there that have just kept me afloat but i again i feel so lucky to have done cuz so many of us don't have that opportunity
0: i think it's been so cool to see what folks nationwide but also specifically in our community in Kansas City have been able to do creatively in yes. terms of like pivoting and having some kind of in-person performance or even streaming or mm-hmm. you know something and giving a giving audiences the chance to experience and support um support, support art. Um, yes. <laughs> but also, I think there's something to be said about those organizations producing something and being able to and helping to support other artists as well, yes. you know, Yes. and I think I, I hope I that, that that reality. I hope that creativity and ingenuity outlasts the plague, you know, mm-hmm. and I hope we like sort of continue to be like, okay, what's next and like, even when we can gather like Maybe the play right. doesn't always have to be in a theater. Like maybe right. we can do more plays in a cemetery because that's fucking cool. Oh
1: my gosh. Yes. Poe was incredible.
0: Incredible. Um, oh, I loved it. What are your hopes? Like, I suppose for uh, a, a, a post plague theater, like what's your, and your, what's your pie in the sky for a, a post <laughs> post plague theater? What does it look like? <laughs> like, what does it feel like who's there in the audience and on stage, you know?
1: Oh man, it's, so interesting this whole entire time i've not been able to think past tomorrow Mm -hmm. like i i'm i'm i've been doing therapy for a year and a half thank god i have a therapist especially now and especially when i was at home i just had so much trouble existing and just like doing anything so i i've learned just to concentrate on tomorrow and right now all i know is tomorrow is friday and i know what i my schedule is and then beyond that i kind of don't have it's like it's like a cloud that yeah. like the fog that clears with every day and that's such an interesting question that i haven't even thought about i feel like and i i actually have thought about the first time we all go back to a theater we're all going to be weeping no <laughs> matter what it is it could be it could be terrible and we'd all just <laughs> be so glad to be there in the same room yeah and just it's going to be I just know it because Kansas city theater and the Kansas city community is so supportive and die hard for each other that the moment we all get to be together again, doing what we love, we're all going to lose it. Um, And that's what I think the, the pie in the sky is, is that there's a lot of drama in our community and everything like that. But I really am excited for us to really hardcore support each other and listen to each other about what needs to be better mm. and um acknowledge everyone and their opinion and kind of because we're at ground zero at this point we have to kind of rebuild so right I would love to um kind of come to a point where everyone's voice is important and we move forward safely and supportively because we also have a giant black lives matter movement that's going on that started in the summer and i remember uh looking to um Port- portland center stage has an incredible policy as far as like protesters just like coming and taking shelter and um their kind of manifesto for how they're moving forward in terms of equality is amazing so yeah. things like that i think is definitely the the ideal because it's the perfect time to do that it's perfect time
0: yeah nothing but time to sort of think and marinate and sort of try to restructure and rebuild for
1: exactly when we can't go back you know no and at this point if you haven't thought about that and kind of made a plan you've had and you will have had months years maybe you know Mm -hmm. so yeah I really hope we come out on the other side because it would be and I, the cynical part of me kind of thinks like, maybe we'll come out on the other side, just the same as like business as usual. And that'd be so sad. That'd be so sad to me.
0: Yeah, me too. Well, I think it's just, it's also just like boring, you know, it's like yes. we've had, we've to do that to me would sort of deny this huge collective experience that we've all had together in which we were all forced to like be still in all of this time. And also sort of like in a weird way, constantly think about one another.
1: Yes. You know what I
0: mean? And to think about just in terms of the way that we're like wearing a mask and caring for our community and what that Mm -hmm. looks like. Like, I think we need to infuse our industry with that sort of care and conscious for like every person.
1: Yes. I so agree with that. You know what I mean? Because like we live in a in an industry that can sometimes be predatory and just take advantage of a contracted worker, you know? So to come back and, and you're so right. And take this attitude of like, how do we wear a mask every day when we're not wearing a mask? How do we take care of the people around us Mm. that way? I think that's brilliant. It's hard because the, we live in a country that is like, everything's fine. (laughs) Just go do whatever you want, you know? And (laughs) That makes it hard for everyone because from the top down, businesses can't close or whatever, you know, because they have to survive. They're not getting any aid. So people then go to those businesses and it's just a chain reaction. And I kind of feel like that attitude could prevail at the end of the day, which makes me so sad. But my hope is the pie in the sky is that that can happen
0: yeah, I just think that there's already been so much creativity and ingenuity, and I just would love to see that, you know, outlast this yes. pandemic and keep pushing towards, you know, what does theater look like? Like, does it always have to be in a proscenium space? Yeah. What does your audience look like? Like in a way that we've made theater now during the pandemic like more widely available in terms of like outdoor or cost effective um, admission and or streaming,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: how can we continue to like reach out to more audiences besides the folks who are already supporting our, yes. you know, or have already have access to, or have historically had access to the theater, you know?
1: Right. You're absolutely right. That's a great question. For some reason, the person that popped into my head while you were saying all that is Heidi Van. I feel like Heidi. Oh.
0: Yeah. We're going to chat with her in a couple days.
1: Brilliant. She, that's going to be an amazing interview because she just is so full of ideas about how to, kind of make things accessible to everybody. And also like, you know, she has the black box and they did the Oasis out back, mm-hmm. but like she, before all that, before the plague, she was talking about having a theater in the back to do outdoor theater and kind of, she's so experimental and very organic in the way that things happen. And yeah, I feel like you and Heidi would really meld minds. And I'm
0: so excited to chat with her. We've only met like a few times in passing because we did our, um auditions and callbacks in her space but this was like a year plus ago so she's like okay uh the HVAC person is coming in a few hours (laughs) and she was like very pregnant and like dropping off the keys to me and she's like okay this and this and this and this switch and I just like in those few like encounters I was like oh you're like brilliant I can just like it just sort of like comes off of her and she's just like so kind
1: with her yeah she like if you think of someone that's just it she's not just but like exists as an artist and like came out of the womb that way and was always just like and her kids are the same way they're so creative and because she's such an amazing mom it's going to be such an awesome interview I can't wait
0: I'm very excited um well I can't believe it's already been 30 minutes so we have to begin to wrap up but um (laughs) Elise where can we find you and is there anything that you can like plug that you're working on or sure No
1: um so the 12 days of Christmas, Twelve plays of Christmas with the fish tank is going to be streaming. I think starting tomorrow, um, and there are a lot of awesome people in there. Uh, I got to go record it at the Black Box, and I was shaking and almost crying because I just like hadn't done it in so long in my voice. I hadn't sung in so long that thank God Mark Johnson is the sound engineer because he's like I'll fix it for you. Um, <laughs> so there's that, um, and oh, let's see. Is my the honey-
0: the gig at the Unicorn still streaming?
1: No, that's not streaming anymore. That, uh, but it was it was kind of for the whole month of November. But they are doing um, the reindeer monologues. If anyone wants to check that out with Brie. um, so oh, very cool. Yes, there's that, and wow, I was gonna say something else. What was the other question? It was it, plug anything. Oh, or... and where
0: can we find you or like um, projects you're working on?
1: Um. Okay. So there's that. I'm on Instagram um, at Pigeon Shelly. <laughs> it's an anagram. <laughs> My name, so I was like, oh.
0: I did not know that. I didn't know it was an anagram, I didn't think that hard about it. I was just like, mm, funniest no, person mean, in America.
1: <laughs> it just works. Pigeon
0: can I Shelly. say, can I say what Pigeon Shelly to me is for yes. me in my life? Pigeon yes. Shelly is Home Alone 2, that woman in the park. Pigeon lady, <laughs> that's Pigeon Shelly to me. So
1: I've ever heard she's scary but then she turns out to be kind of cool yeah <laughs> that's um, awesome
0: amazing well Elise thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today you're such a kind person and just so s- smart and lovely to chat with and and I wish that you know we should do this again sometime yes
1: yes this this is this has set the tone for my whole day thank you so oh, much thank all you all
0: right no problem Elise we'll talk soon okay
1: okay bye